So love is a very mysterious thing. I feel like love, just like good and bad, pros and cons, day and night, there's gonna be polar opposites to love. Love is gonna allow you to hope and believe and trust in all good things. Although, I also learned that love can prevent you from seeing all good things. Meaning, you're gonna see and or this is one trait of love that I feel like you should never ever want to I guess live by. You cannot choose love on just the terms of your partner because you still have to love yourself meaning you have to respect yourself and knowing that you cannot compromise if it's gonna affect you in a way that it's not what was first agreed upon because I know emotionally we will change our mind because of wanting to please our partner or please or just even avoid the conflict that way the conversation moves on you need to be comfortable with fighting well and fighting where you, both parties are speaking and and communicating what the grounds are meaning where's your argument coming from what is the goal of this argument and the third part is mainly how can we come to a solution so yes there's still gonna have to be a compromise but if that compromise is gonna try to eliminate the other compromise that you first established then that's something that I know people are familiar with but that's a red flag a green flag to look for is for someone to fully answer those three questions or those three things and make sure that solution it benefits both parties not just one this episode on volatile productions is gonna be about codependency I had my definition of codependency all wrong. I thought codependency was about being dependent on each other. What I learned through different psychological studies is that codependency is actually about how one partner will or tends to forfeit their own personal aspirations for the sake of the other partner. This does create an imbalance which can cause resentment in the relationship. Most times, I would not say anything and vent it out to, or I try to vent it out to my partner, but 
was later preconditioned to just shut the fuck up about it because it made my partner upset. It was things like putting the kid or her first, how things were switched around saying it's about me, but obviously it was in it was a fucking manipulative move and I was too stupid to see that. Also, I blame the fact that I had a lack of expressing my own feelings. Beforehand, I would feel like speaking out right away. And normally it would make matters worse since I was typically reactive to comments when I was told I was being selfish. I feel that it was a trigger from me growing up on my own and how I was being told from my sister that I would be selfish and I guess that would allow me to be defensive from anyone, not even from my partner, but from friends even growing up, I would be very defensive. I had to take care of that trigger on my own. Um, Also, one huge thing I feel like that couples need nowadays is to save space for each other. Um, Something my ex-wife would not do and something I only learned through getting advice from a professional about it. And it's something I would try, but I guess it was too late in the relationship just because it's something that she no longer valued. So I had to make amends and just move on. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering too, like, has anyone ever dealt with like co-parenting with their ex's um, mother or father or slash parent, whatever? I want to know more about that. If anything, reach out to me. You can um, message me through um, the podcast or you can also send me an email at getitgreg at gmail.com. Uh, so, huge thing that I take back is, is to always take ownership for your actions. And if you dance around the trigger to your problems and say it's my fault or your, their fault and they're not being sensitive to it, then you really need to find an anchor to cut that shit out because nowadays I feel like people aren't taking responsibility of these triggers and just ignoring it and trying to make it seem like it's to blame on their 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 partner so huge thing is to combat with therapy instead of finding others or scapegoats such as me for it to come back and haunt you so if you're in a close relationship and no positivity will allow triggers to go away Believing a partner will work on it can take a long time. So do not, I repeat, do not commit to a partner who says they will work on their issues until their actions show otherwise. 
when you have a trigger, you need to bring it to light on your own terms by taking time to reflect, to build a self-awareness of how and why it triggers you and how you can combat it by maybe changing the way it is because it's a different situation. A trigger means you're so stuck by something or someone. You need to overcome those triggers to grow and become the best person you can become. And when you see how that another person says something that your partner just said, so it's, it's almost like a sign for your soul for something to improve if you, if, and for you to recognize that it's a trigger. A good illustration to think about if you choose not to figure out your triggers. It's almost like Joe, that you know that TV show on Netflix where he holds his victims in that cage. It's kind of like that. Like you want to compartmentalize something and it's especially for men, I feel like it's, it's natural for us to compartmentalize because we wanna be able to focus on what we have with the task at hand. But it's also like, yes, like there's a time and place for you to figure out your stuff. Um, but I think in order to start growing, we need to be able to act on that situation in our mind so we're not stuck in our emotions. Uh, there's this um, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. Um, he's from the UK, but he's a physician, author, and I, he was um, a part of this podcast I was listening to. And he brought up about how we're products of our environment. So if culture is setting our expectations of what is normal, if that expectation is unrealistic, then no wonder why society has so much anxiety and depression. I mean, there's triggers in our life that we can make it about us, but we are still the author of our stories. You know, we need to start being able to redirect our thoughts, meaning to redirect our path. So in return, we are be able, being able to move on to have more success in life but he mentions dr rangan mentions about having relational perfectionism <laughs> ideally i mean i think there's no such thing um, but this self-directed perfectionism is it can be damaging if you are not learning to apply this well in your life uh, meaning when you keep thinking of your choice and how it harms your social status I believe that you can prevent this if you can renew your thoughts. So he goes on to mention that social perfectionism keeps expectations of me, meaning yourself. It's rooted in our imagination of what people think of us. This kind of thinking can lead to suicide because of brain wiring to conformity. It impacts men due to thoughts of social perfectionism and masculinity. Um, so, you know, 
being a protector, that masculinity to be a master, but also to be told to be vulnerable. You know, this impacts a lot of men, especially middle-aged men, um, why they kind of carry on and drag out to that um, bad self-thought, self-talk, um, saying that they're a bad husband or father due to blank. Um, so if you were to apply neuroscience um, to kind of give you a status detection system, unconsciously, if we're looking for status in our environments, we tend to maybe just move on with the status quo. We might be afraid to be ourselves, or even just to um, discuss or display your own opinion because you're afraid of what others will think. I mean, that's common. I mean, ideally we want to be able to express our feelings and be able to voice out what's bothering us. The main thing is that we have to make sure we are saying what's on our heart or mind to someone that's really going to listen about, to it. And if, you're, if you know you're not finding that in your current partner, then maybe it's time to leave them and make amends to just stay friends or not friends, you know? Completely draw that boundary to draw them out of your life. You sh I believe that sometimes it's even a part of that avoidant attachment where we create distance um, for fear of closeness. Or we have the anxious, atta anxious attachment relationship style where if you leave, I will trust you won't come back. And ideally, we want to be people who have secure attachments. So that means to have partner to to have partners' needs are just as important as your own. Therefore, you can become secure, and you're able to be able to relate because of what you've made time to reflect on. If you find that kind of person in life, then I say, hold on to them, and be able to grow with each other. So to sum up today's episode of Vala Al Productions, I just want to say thank you. And I hope that you are being able to not just think of, um, or for the men, that masculinity is just, you know, a book definition. There's being able to be gentle with even your, a child or raising um, an animal. Like that has its own sense of masculinity because the fact that you're taking ownership, even for women, feminism, you know, I believe that femininity is going to be important for themselves because you're able to express your own and who you are as a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a person that goes into gender roles and everything, but I believe in equal rights. So <laughs> that's my take. Well, that's me. Over talking because I want to bother out with you next time.